So welcome once again, folks at home, to another episode of Wiki Weekdays with Carl and Lucas. I'm Carl. And this is Lucas speaking. For video watchers and non-audio listeners, you can tell I'm in a very cosy mood today because my house has all of a sudden gotten balls cold. We look like we're on opposite ends, not of the country, but of the world, because you're wearing what appears to be like a, a huge fluffy onesie. I've got like an Udi on with like the little little sausages all over it. And I'm just here wearing like a Hawaiian shirt, because my house, my office is really warm because of all the equipment inside of it, but, oh man, is it you who told me, like, you basically, you ruined my life by telling me that just like onesie, not onesies, um, those, the slankets are they? Oh, they yeah, yeah. What are they called now in America? Not slankets, they've got a name. Ooh. Like they've, got, they've got a specific name for those like big um, blankets with ha- like um, handles through them. But when you, I think it was you pointed out, it's just a dressing gown worn backwards. <laughs> so, and they sold it as an entire product. They managed to like license a product that is just another thing that exists turned the <laughs> other way around. You know what, though? That's clever marketing. It is, isn't it? They saw a gap in the market that I didn't know existed. Apparently, it's just this part, the front part of your body that also needs to be warm. Which makes sense. So when you sat down, your back's against the sofa or the chair. That's warm. It's your front that needs protecting. And um, I'm not sponsored by them or anything. I've had to pay for these things. It's just you're very cold, yes. I'm very cold, but it's the fact that they've also now started selling like dog oodies. Oh, no. And they've got like ones with sausage dogs on them. And I'm like, do I want to buy... A, a like matching Udi with sausage dogs on for my sausage dog. I'm like, I'm so tempted. Yes, you should. But we're getting besides the point here, Luke. Again, like straying quite far away from the topic of today's video, which is whatever we want to talk about. So, have you gone out and found a wiki page to cover on this episode of Wiki Weekdays? Because I have. I have as a, well. And uh, which wiki would you wound with? I can't. I'm not as good as alliteration with Carl. <laughs> Yeah, which wiki, which wiki would you... Well, oh, no, what was it? We had a great alliteration for the um, last episode. Which wiki won this week? Yes, which wiki won this week, so that's the... The decider at the end of the podcast is you can let us know, like, which wiki won this week. But I'm trying to think of, like, alliteration for, like, Carl, which wiki did Will you wind you... up with this week or something? <laughs> oh, hey, which wiki did you wind up with this week? That's good, I like the alliteration. I'm a big fan of alliteration, word games, all that good stuff. So, yeah, so the folks at home who maybe not following along, we have a, like, you know, a mini like, competition of sorts with myself and Lucas and to encourage some fan interaction. We have which wiki won this week? So after you've listened to this episode or watched it on YouTube, um, let us know via like social media or the comments if you're able to, just mm-hmm. which wiki you think was the most interesting this week. And I believe you went first last time, Lucas, yes? Uh, that sounds right, yeah. So I'm going to go first this week. And the wiki I've got is from Wikipedia, you know, the, the daddy of the wiki world, like, you know, okay. daddy wiki. And it is the wiki page for Alien versus Predator, the film. And the reason I okay. picked this is twofold. One, like, you know, I love aliens and predators. But two, did you know that this is one of the finest pages on Wikipedia? What? Way do we quantify finest? Okay, so this is why I wanted to talk about this, because this is, like, really meta- in regards to Wikipedia, but it's mm-hmm. also really interesting that the page for Alien vs. Predator, the film that came out in where, like, 2004, it's considered one of the best pages on Wikipedia. And that's not to say, like, you know, Alien vs. Predator is a great film. It's just that that page on Wikipedia is considered one of the best examples of what a Wikipedia page should be. It's like, just, it's, like, it, extremely well-researched and written and sourced yeah. and stuff like that, I presume. That. Yeah. Like it is in every way, or in every quantifiable way that they judge a wiki page by, like you know, the way it's presented, the way it's written, its source and reference and all that good stuff, is one of the as 
under those criteria, it's considered one of the best on Wikipedia. Hmm. People might be thinking, oh, does that mean it's got lots of information in there? And that's a common misconception about Wikipedia, where they don't necessarily want there to be, like, you know, the most amount of in-depth research done onto a subject, because it's supposed to be a broad overview of it that encourages people to seek out more information on their own if they're so inclined. And if you spend a lot of time on Wikipedia, like, like I do, you might see every now and again for something that's like quite um, uh, niche. So if you go out look up stuff like an anime or a cartoon, mm. you'll sometimes come across like a little thing above the uh, the subheaders on Wikipedia that says, this um, this section is overly detailed and may require cleanup. Mm. Because uh, Wikipedia just conforms that old adage of less is more. So it's not that this has more information than any other Wikipedia page. It's just that it's the way it's presented is very clear, very concise, and just gets across the point that it's trying to you know, get across very well. And that is, here's everything you need to know about this film. Yeah, because like you go on a lot of poorly written like fandoms, yes. and they can't help themselves with putting like every minute little detail that is kind of superfluous unless you really get nitty gritty about it. Yeah, and that's and it's not like, what Wikipedia is. You know, you look at a lot of those, and we kind of like, you know, through the years, um, are looking at Wikipedia has been like, we kind of know the wrong ones to look at when it's like eighteen paragraphs deep on every subject, and there's like twenty subheadings under every heading, and you're like, there's just too much. Like, we can't break this down in any like logistical manner to make a good video out of it. Yeah, and uh, I'd say we like become pseudo experts on the subjects of like the very meta subjects of wikis themselves. Mm-hmm. And one day we will have to go onto the Silent Hill wiki and see if we can find those articles. Have you ever heard about the Silent Hill wiki and like run by a crazy person? No, no. Like, one of the main moderators for the Silent Hill wiki is obsessed with circumcision and try to fit circumcision into every single page oh on God. the wiki. Joke's like, it's a series full of symbolism. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, the symbolism is circumcision. It's like, well, no, symbolism by its very nature is subjective and it's whatever you want to draw from it. But we can't, you know, be... We can't, like, you know, just infer our own meanings from these things. We can only go on what the creators have said and maybe maybe put, like, at the bottom some mm-hmm. fan interpretation. It's like, no, circumcision is all about penises. It's like, you know what, You know what I like to draw What's from that? Silent Hill? It's the pyramid head, pyramid head, pyramid head. Yeah, oh, because man, that's all like... Konami ever got out of Silent Hill too. Was like, put pyramid hand in everything. Got it. Okay, cool. But, but it's like he's a... it's meant to be specific to that person's psych pyramid head. Yeah. Anyway, like in regard, like things though, if you want to like you know think of something that's got penises in it, you, all you need to do is go back to the work of H.R. Giger on aliens <laughs> and Alien versus Predator, which and drew up on his work. And... Weirdly enough, there's a little mm-hmm. bit of a crossover today that I kind of will allude to what I've got. Okay. Um, because I re- recently saw just a TikTok of, like, here's a friendly reminder of, like, what the original um, picture for the face hugger looked like before it got sent over to Giga. And it's oh, just yeah. a little crude, like, napkin drawing of just, like, a little angry octopus flying out of an egg, like, ah! And HR Giga's like, I'm gonna make that into a big old <laughs> vagina. Viewers don't know. Maybe we'll cover Giga on it. It's very interesting. But everything to do with the alien or the xenomorph in Alien canon is it's all penises, it's all vaginas. And there's a great quote from Giga himself where the original design for the egg that the face comes out of was just a vagina. Like straight up just a vagina. And like they said, like it's too explicit. People are going to know it's a vagina. And Giga's like, well, how will they? Like, the people who are criticizing it probably don't know what a vagina actually looks like, but whatever. <laughs> so he turned it into a cross because he was told Christian fundamentalists would hate it. And he goes, well, instead of it being a vagina, it's just their symbol of their religion being like 
completely demolished by my creature. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyway, uh, right, and before we, like, so if people maybe aren't familiar with the film Alien vs. Predator, we have the summary here. Alien vs. Predator, stylized as AVP. So, <laughs> this is what I love. AVP, colon, Alien vs. Predator. It's stylized it as, is, a, as something it? that's longer. It it's stylized as the longer word. What like, the hell? I love it when you get those people that make up their own acronyms for things. But yep. then, because they've made up their own acronym, they then have to explain the acronym every single time they use it, therefore <laughs> annihilating the point of the, the point. acronym. Anyway, it's a 2004 science fiction action film written by and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. And he often gets mixed up with like the other, like something, something Anderson, like who did like... Tom Wes Anderson, is it, or something? Yeah, like? he gets mixed up with Tom Wes Anderson, or Wes and Anderson, who does a Wes good director. Anderson, is it? Who's yeah. the one like who does like... Um, the like the lots of with like, Bill Murray and the I thought I thought was is Wes Anderson not the one that does all of like the really stylized cartoony ones with like yeah that yeah, usually have Bill Murray in them yeah. but then Paul W S Anderson is the one who does all the shitty um uh, all the movies that you claim not to like but if you like me and Lucas you kind of like a little bit like he did like Mortal the Kombat Evil. the Resident Evil movies like uh, I think this the quote I've heard about him is like he married his own OC. Yeah, because he puts his wife in every one of his films and dresses her up like a fucking dominatrix. Like more power to you. Yeah, that's the, he's the opposite of Tim Burton. Like, mm. you know, Tim Burton always put his wife in movies and had Johnny Depp killer. Paul W. S. Anderson puts his wife into movies and makes it just like mow down hordes of zombies. Anyway, yeah, it stars um, Santa Lathan, Ral Bover, Lance Henriksen, the fucking legend himself, Ewan Bremmer, and one of my favorite actors of all time, Colin Salmon. Do you know why I love Colin Salmon? Who's Colin Salmon? Well, first of all, Lucas, just say his name. Just, I mean, Colin Salmon's a pretty good name. That's it. Isn't that a good... Colin Salmon? Mm. Just the last name Salmon. And the thing as well, he's a really handsome dude. And you're probably not going to recognise him until I mention he's the guy in the first Resident Evil movie who gets owned by the lasers. He's that guy. Oh, he's the guy yeah. whose face gets diamonded into pieces. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's that guy. He's the guy who like dodges the... Do you know the thing they reference in RE4? And I've like Leon Kennedy show you how it's really done. And... Shout out to that effect because just like the the effect is fine. The one thing that really gets me is the bit of the eye white melting. Like yeah. that's the subtle little bit in there that sells it to me. Yeah, and as well, like it's really annoying. Cause that first film is so good because every character in it, except for Mila Jokovic, is one you want to survive and they all get killed. <laughs> She's the one character you don't want. It's like Colin, he does like the laser dodging thing. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, like Rain Ocampo, played by Michelle Rodriguez, who's fucking badass and she dies. Yeah. And you know they were good because they brought them back in a sequel and said, oh, we clowned them. <laughs> Fuck it. No one likes Mila Jokovic's character. Just put it. Anyway. It says here that it's the first instalment of the Alien vs. Predator franchise, adapting a crossover, bringing the two eponymous creatures of the Alien and Predator series, a concept that originated in the 1980s in a comic book. Oh, really? And it's one of those things, it's been in, um, it was in development hell for decades, because they were like, for years, like, we need to do an Alien vs. Predator. Do you like Freddy vs. Jason, where that had been hinted yeah. at for years? Isn't, and... like, Alien, like, 86 or something? Yeah. No, the aliens, I think the then, first one was like, I think earliest one was like 79, I want to say. The first oh, alien really? Film. Okay, yeah. I'm, yeah, it's I'm very early 80s like, or very late 70s. I'd have to double check that. But It's uh, one of those things of like, at that point, that's like a dozen years before I was born. Like, let me off, you know? Yeah. Not and, within uh, yeah. my literal li- like lifetime. It was in development hell for years. Same as like that Freddy versus um, Jason movie. And do you know the reason why? You can probably guess this, Lucas, as someone who 
as they've done a lot of behind the scenes research and discussions about movies and specifically the rights. I was going to say, like, some weird rights issue between the fact that, like, the two things can't cross over without someone having the bigger dick or something like that. Yep, it was all... The problem was is that in the comic books, the Predators always win because the Predators are cooler. And the Predators are the hunting race, but it's like the people who own aliens, we don't want the aliens to lose. Don't want them to bitch out, yeah. Yep, and it's that problem of like, oh, so then they have to do the thing of like, oh, one alien's super smart and beats all the Predators. But that makes no sense because the aliens are like mindless monsters, unless they're not. It kind of makes sense to me if it was like the movie was a bunch of Predators got wiped out by a a load of different aliens, but then there was one like badass Predator who managed to like then outkill them or outrun them or whatever. You have literally just described not only this movie, but every Alien versus Predator bit of media in existence. It's always all the Predators except one get murked. Uh, So I've not seen these movies, I've just heard about them. And that's where you can... That's where you can feel like um, the rights holders for Alien putting their thumb on the scale of like, we've got to show the Predators getting killed a few times. Mm-hmm. We've got to show the aliens can kill a couple of Predators at least. Exactly, yeah. It's like that satiates the people with the alien rights, but then ultimately mm-hmm. you have to have like a Predator come out on top because they're the Predator. Yeah, and it's the thing of like, it's, I don't like, you know, begrudge anyone for like not wanting to make these movies because it sounds like an absolute just tiresome nightmare. Yeah. Of, like we've talked before about the. Um, uh, the scene in you know, Wreck-It Ralph where they have all the comic book characters around, <laughs> yeah. all the video game characters around. Mm-hmm. And just, it took, it was the longest scene in the movie to make because every time they ask the individual rights holders for each character, are you happy with this scene? They say, well, we don't like that. Dr. Robotnik's smaller than Bowser. So like and then, one, one person makes one tweak, which then makes another person make another tweak. And, and it's, it's like, like oh, like, well, why is their character allowed to be bigger? And it's the same, I imagine it's the same thing for making an Alien versus Predator movie of like every single thing in regards to both the Predator and the Alien has to be signed off on by both parties. And mm-hmm. it sounds like a fucking nightmare. And the weird thing to me is like, um, speaking of rights and stuff, mm-hmm. it, we long thought, for example, in um, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Mm-hmm. that Disney were weird about Sora, but apparently it was Square Enix. Apparently Disney were just like, yeah, do whatever you want. Because they don't care about the video games. They were just like, yeah, does okay, it, does it, take yeah, Sora, it just yeah. do does whatever. Does Mickey like, Mouse? Don't Not have really. Mickey Mouse getting like his head yeah. ripped off or anything, but yeah, just go ahead. And like everyone just assumed, like, oh my God, it must have been Disney making sure there was like zero Disney references and this and stuff. Apparently it was all Square Enix being a bastard about it. Which I can fully believe. Maybe one day we'll cover that wiki entry. But we move on. So Alien vs. Predator was released theatrically in 2004 in August. It received generally negative reviews and grossed $177 million worldwide. Against a production budget of about $60 million. A direct sequel was released three years later. And Lucas, we have a couple of things here. Plot, which doesn't matter, and then cast. And I want to go through the cast because I'm going to make you a £10 bet right now. Can you name a single character in this movie? Predator. And I knew you were going to say that. So, <laughs> there is a Predator in this movie, but the Predator has a name. And here's the thing of like, and if you say, if you want to go, oh, Alien, there's also an Alien that has a name. And I don't consider okay, the rest of the Alien Queen. To, uh, no, the Alien Queen is not a character in this movie, at least not as listed here. Is that in Aliens like 3 or something? Then the Alien There is an Alien Queen, but it's not listed as a character. And this mm. is the distinction I was going to make of. Okay. There's a difference between a character... And a plot device. And I consider the aliens that are just running around murdering people their plot devices. Mm-hmm. However, there is one alien that does have influence on the plot. And I consider that alien to be a character. And it's a really weird distinction. But I say it's like with zombie movies. Like Land of the Dead. The zombies aren't yeah. characters until there's one that does something specific. Like Land of the Dead, the zombie that has the gun. I believe yeah, he, and like, like in, Bubba, um, I think he's called. In 
the I was about to say I wrote what's the Will Smith one now? Uh, I am I legend. Robot, yeah. oh, no, I am legend. I, am legend. I robot as well because there's the the one named robot that does something. Yeah. I was gonna say I am legend also has like that one vampire that is like seemingly more intelligent than the horde vampires. But he doesn't get a name because mm-hmm. that's another one that was ruined in editing where the yeah. audience changed the end. Anyway, we cover that another day. But <laughs> I'm just gonna say like we don't really need to care about the the only things we need to care about in regards to the um uh, the characters is We've got Lance Henriksen, who played Bishop in the first movie, coming back. Oh, no, but he played Bishop in Aliens, sorry. Because that's one of the oh, things okay. about the, <laughs> like... the Aliens series is that they always have an android. And the android has a name that goes, it's the next letter of the alphabet. So in the first one, you had Ash. and the uh-huh. second one, you had Bishop. Then you skipped having um, uh, an android in the third one, which is kind of annoying. Because then it throws off. Because then in the fourth one, you had another android called Cole, played by Winona Ryder. And then in um, uh, Prometheus, you have David. So A, B, C, D. But because they didn't have one in the third movie, it's like one displaced, and that really pisses me off. The one in Prometheus, like, because that's um, Michael yeah, Fassbender, Michael Fassbender, Fassbender isn't it? Yeah. It's that guy. And he's, like, actively sabotaging all of them in front of their eyes, and yeah. none of them, like, seem to fucking notice it. Yeah. That's what, it's a reference to the first Alien, which is where, like, Ash is doing that, but he's doing mm. it in the background. And, uh, you have, like, one of, and you have one of the scariest scenes, I think, like in a movie, where it's where Ash tries to kill, I think, Sigourney Weaver with a magazine. And the <laughs> fact that he just tries to kill her, it's just because it's so, like, there's no emotion, it's so clinical. Mm. Like, he just picks up a magazine and puts it in her mouth and then tries to choke her with it. Fuck and it's just hell. so scary because it's just so matter-of-fact because he's an android and he has no emotion. That's cool. But um, So Bishop comes back from a- Aliens. Yeah, he's back for like a cameo in the third one because he's dead. It's one of the things I could talk about aliens all fucking day. But the other characters we need to know are Tom Woodruff, who plays the alien, a.k.a. Grid. And that's how you know that he's a good alien, the alien has a nickname. Because mm-hmm. um, it escapes from uh, uh, like a net to the predator net, and it has a distinctive uh, okay. grid pattern on its head. And then you have Ian White as the predator, Scar. Oh, see, I thought it was going to be one of those cool predator names. It was like, you know... Zingtar or something like that is it nah because the thing about all the movies and a lot of the comics is that the Predators don't have given names that they tell you mm-hmm. they just have nicknames that they're given by human characters or in this case like you know the movie director so we have the other three Predators movie are Chopper Celtic and Elder and they're based on like you know the weapons that they use and it's like fuck's sake mm-hmm. it's just that thing like it's the kind of name you'd give it if you were like 12 yeah yeah like they could, like you said, they could give him like a cool alien name. It's like Scar. Why is it called Scar? Because he has a scar on his face. And that's like literal Disney levels of naming conventions. Like, yeah, the Lion King. It's like, well, that lion's got a scar. He's called Scar. Do, do I love as well? Isn't it like there's a a prequel book or something like that where Scar was always called Scar, even before, he even had though the he scar? didn't have a scar on his face. Anyway, so let's, do you want to talk about the production? Because there's a bunch of stuff like in there. There's a bunch of fun stuff here. That sounds like fun, yeah. So before 20th Century Fox gave Alien vs Predator the green light, Aliens writer and director James Cameron had been working on a story for a fifth Alien film. Um, whilst Alien director Ridley Scott had talked with Cameron, saying, "I think it'd be a lot of fun. But the most important thing is to get the story right from the guy who made Prometheus." <laughs> That's the best thing about Alien, where the longer it's gone on, the more embarrassing it's become. To be yeah, to be a fan. Like, what? There's, there's a five or six, not including the AVP stuff? There's six, yeah. There's four, and then there's the two where there's Prometheus and Covenant. And two of them are good. The first yeah. two are good, and that's it. 
And the fourth one's good as like, because it's just Sigourney Weaver might hammer it up. But we have here, in a 2002 interview, Scott's concept for the story was to go back to where the alien creatures were first found and explain how they were created. AKA, the worst thing you can possibly do when it comes to anything scary. Explain where it's... It's like it's the, the first rule I think I learned when I was studying film, is like when something is scary, if you don't know how it works or what it's doing... People yeah. inherently find the unknown to be terrifying. The instant that it becomes known, it's not. Which is why in a lot of horror films, you always have those fake outs, where it's like you're looking in the mirror and getting surprised by someone else. It's um, one of those the, things, isn't it? Of like the moment that you actually show your monster, it becomes less scary. Like yeah. the the build up is what, like the suspense is the part of, that people enjoy and people find terrifying. Whereas like when you just see, oh. Michael Myers is just a big man with like a, a, knife. a bit of teleportation powers and a knife. And it's like, okay, cool. But like the idea behind like, oh, people are just getting fucking murdered out of nowhere. Well, that's, that's the thing yeah, with um, the, the original pitch for like Michael Myers in the Halloween movie. It's uh, described by, God, what's his name now? John Carpenter. He didn't credit him as like Michael Myers. He credited him as the shape. And his thinking oh. was, it's just this, like, you know, just a shape. Mm-hmm. It's just, you see, it's just this, like, you know, the silhouette of a man who kills people and you don't know why. And like you said, like, in later movies and reboots and sequels, uh, oh, yeah, we've got to explain why he's doing it. You don't explain why he's doing it. It's the instant we know he has a motive, then it starts being scary. Yeah, it's just way scarier that some random force of nature is out there murdering fuckers. It's the same thing with the alien of, like, you don't need to know where it comes from. You just need to know that it's fucking going to get you. Because the instant you know how it works, it stops being interesting. Because mm. then all of that mystique is gone. And it says here that this idea was later reused for Prometheus. And then we have uh, James Cameron here, like, showing why he's one of the best. Um, upon hearing about the idea um, that Fox were going to intend to make an Alien vs. Predator movie, Cameron was quoted as saying that it would kill the validity of the franchise and cease to work on the story. <laughs> uh, another quote here, to me, that was Frankenstein meets Werewolf. It was Universal taking their assets and starting to play them against each other, milking it. Coming from the guy who's currently directing six sequels to Avatar. That's the, like, literally, even before you said that, in my brain, it's like when you said how good james cameron is as a movie maker it's like it's so weird in my brain because now i just think of him as weirdo avatar guy yeah that's like he's he's like he's still the best seminal filmmaker that's one of the best and now he's stuck being like avatar that's one of the weirder things when you go back to like young james cameron get quotes from here like oh just why are they milking this franchise like just like you know you made a good movie let it stand on its own making six like when he's bitching about marvel they're all the same like, none of the characters in them feel like real people. And did you see someone, like, there was that trend going around, I think it was TikTok, of, can you name one character from Avatar? And people were legitimately like, I don't remember. And, he, and James Cameron's yeah. like, that's clearly fake. They're just the doing it to reason, annoy me. The only reason I remember Jake Sully is because I was listening to a podcast where all of them were struggling to name any Avatar character. Yeah. And now I remember that because of the podcast, not the movie. Like, I remember it for being so unmemorable. Mm-hmm. And yeah. James Cameron was like, someone asked him about it. He's like, they're clearly doing it just to annoy me. My characters are memorable. It's like, they're really not. And it's like, this, this game made like Terminator 2. Come on. And like, the idea that, you know, it, A, obviously is just like, you know, dancing with wolves, Pinocchio, mm-hmm. whatever you want to say. Uh, Pinocchio, yeah, it's not an original song now. Um, Also, I, I couldn't name a character. Then they had the audacity to call like the weird element unobtainium. Mm-hmm. And like that moment one, you're just like, really? Or no titanium. That's like on the same level as Scar. 
Anyway, um, after viewing Alien vs. Predator, Cameron remarked that it was actually pretty good. I think of the five Aliens films, I'd rate it third. I actually liked it. I liked it a lot. It's not That's hard kind to be of... third, though, is it? It's not hard. The thing is, yeah, yeah, it's really not. It's that thing of, like, you're coming third, but, like, it means you're better than Alien 3, a movie like where the director David Fincher said, I would rather get stomach cancer than work on that movie again. And Alien 4, which is like only good in a campy sense. Mm-hmm. And then we have here, um, conversely, Ridley Scott had no interest in the film. When asked in 2012 and asked if he watched them, he laughed and said, I couldn't do that. It's like, look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> and then he made Prometheus. That's what makes it so good. Uh, director Neil Blomkamp would later go on to pitch his sequel to Aliens. However, Scott stated in 2017 the project. Of it. And that's so gutting because Neil Blomkamp wanted to make a direct sequel to Aliens. That ignored and this was the- just before he would have made District 9, I suppose. And showed that he was like, you know, the man. And he even had like Sigourney Weaver on board. There's a bunch of amazing concepts art that he did. And then he wasn't allowed. It's like that Halo movie that he wanted to make. I was going to say, yeah. We have that live action trailer, which is the best Halo thing made besides like Halo 3 and 1. It's like literally the single greatest Halo trailer ever made. It's probably the best trailer for a video game. One up there for sure. And it's like this amazing vignette made by like Neil Baumkamp. And it's just like, why did we not give this man a Halo movie? Like they tried obviously, but yeah. Yeah. Just stuck in development hell. So we have here, speaking of development hell, the concepts of Aliens and Predator, uh, Aliens versus I like that, Aliens and Predator, like the friends, <laughs> ah. uh, originated from the Alien versus Predator comic book in 1989 and subsequent novelizations and novels. It was hinted at when an alien skull appeared in a trophy case aboard the Predator ship in Predator 2. And that's one of those little things where it was like a nod to it. I think they, the Stan Winston Studios were working on the Predators in that movie and they happened to have a mould for the alien skull. So they right, made yeah. that and put it in the background as like a nod to the fact we've worked on both movies. And they then afterwards, like, oh, are aliens? And it's like, no, it's just the stu- the people making The Predators made The Alien as well. So they put it in as a reference. It's an Easter egg. It's not a hint to a wider universe. But then it did was. become a hint to a wider universe because they wanted yep. that money. We have here. So Predator co-creator Jim Thomas discussed the possibilities of a Predator franchise and commented on the prospects of a crossover film stating, I think Aliens vs. Predator is a good idea. That will probably never happen. So I can't believe how wrong he is there. He's wrong twice for the different reasons. <laughs> because it was a thing that did happen and no, it was not a good idea. That's like, the most wrong I've ever idea, seen. Though. It's a good idea, but it was handled very poorly. Isn't there like two or three of them as well? Uh, there's two. There's two, two movies, but there's also like the Predators film with like um, uh, oh what's his name now either way whatever it was the Predators movie with like Lawrence Fishburne and stuff and then there's like the new one that just came out like Prey which is actually yes. pretty good yeah I've heard good things about that it's on the list it is and they say in 1991 he successfully pitched the concept to 20th century actually 1991 like 13 years before it got made so you know like, it's not getting made and it says or it did it not is, move it's gonna, it's gonna <laughs> be some bullshit uh, it says uh, that the 20th Century Fox, they owned both film franchises, although the company did not move forward with the project until 2002, although a video game produced by Capcom as a tie-in to the unmade film sought independently since 1994. The project was delayed because the studio was working on Alien Resurrection. <laughs> and it says here that a script that was based on the Dark Horse comic book that originally inspired it was largely rejected. Oh. I love that as well, like... Oh, we're going to pay someone to write this movie. It's like you already did when you write, when you paid them to write the comic book. It's there. Yeah. Just use that and like, no, we're going to make it. We're just going to make a bad one. I, I don't know if the comic. I don't know if it says whether like 
the comic book was well regarded or not, but... It, it was, but keep in mind, this was a comic book in the 90s, and it was, like, aimed at edgy people who wanted to see mm. an alien fight. It's like, you know, there's a Batman versus Predator comic book. And also, you know, there's people out there that think Spawn's a good comic book, so yeah. edge gets you, you a long way. It's just more that they already had a pre-written story right there to use. They didn't have yeah. to pay someone to write a story. They paid. They could just pay someone to adapt the thing they already owned. Mm-hmm. Either way, if then, do you care about the story and setting? It's based in, like, you know... Nah. A pyramid. All you need to know is that there's a pyramid. But oh, I want to go shit, to casting. There was a pyramid, yeah. It's always a pyramid. It's always the alien pyramid. Then we have Wait, casting. Well, yeah, because they, they always say they were, it was around that era where it's like, ooh, did aliens Who build made the pyramids? pyramids? It's like. That slaves made it. Oh, people. Okay. I always love that image you see of like, why do all these ancient civilizations make the same structure? They make a pyramid. And it's like, well, maybe that's the most efficient way to stack rocks yeah. on top of each other. And it's like, yeah, because if you make a pile, a pile will naturally be pyramid shaped. It's almost like that's the best way to do it. It's structurally sound. That's why. Oh, so we have casting, and there's some fun stuff in this. So casting, the first actor to be cast was Lance Henriksen, who played the character Bishop in Alien and Alien 3. Although the Alien films are set hundreds of years in the future, Anderson wants to keep the continuity of the series by including a familiar actor... Do you know that is there? Like Anderson's like, yeah, well, I want to, you know, keep it grounded. It's like, no, just Lance Henriksen was the cheapest one you could get. Well, let's be honest, if all the people in those movies, Lance Henriksen was probably the cheapest. Like, like you're not did, getting Sigourney Weaver or Arnold Schwarzenegger to come back, are you? Did Sigourney come back for any of the aliens? Like, well, that's, that's, men- that's mentioned in a little bit, because I want to talk uh, about that. Okay. So here, so according to Anderson, Wayland became known for the discovery of the pyramid. I like it's just in caps as well, the pyramid. And as a result of the Wayland Utani Corporation models, the Bishop on a Bishop Android in the Alien films after him it is created with the face of its creator, um, kind of like Microsoft building an Android in a hundred years' time has the face of Bill Gates. That'd be terrifying. Yeah, yeah. That's what I love about Wayland Utani. Like, like imagine just like the giant turtleneck they'd have to make for a Steve Jobs statue. Oh man, you know it's like be made of like just some the silk of an animal. It'd be that made have to dr- of like original iPhones. Yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> he just made just melted iPhones to create just like this hundred foot tall Steve Jobs who does all he does is crash his car into people and just screams like I am Steve Jobs. And then we say so Anderson opted for a European cast, including an Italian actor. Um, uh, a Scottish actor, an English actor in Colin Salmon. Producer said, uh, producer Davis said, there's a truly international flavour to the cast and it gives the film a lot of character. I've watched this movie multiple times. I could not tell you the name of any character in it. I can tell you the actors because obviously mm-hmm. I know Colin Salmon. I could not tell you their names. I don't, and I, I don't love, like... why don't they just say that? Like, the only reason these characters, like, they put like 12 characters in the movie because they're all mm-hmm. going to die. Yeah, yeah. But, 50% of that cast list were gone so they could get killed by a predator and or an alien. Mm. Why not just say that? Why do they have to, like, bullshit it? We wanted, like, you know, a truly international cast of, like, you know, young upstart actors. Just say you wanted people who were cheap because they're going to get fucking murked in the first 10 minutes. Just well, say that. The, mo- the moment you say, like, oh, yeah, we hired some British actors, it's like, oh, were they cheap? Yeah. Were they cheaper than American actors? Like, Was it generally, to- generally speaking, that's true. Like, yeah. you know... um, like the UK has like generally a lot lower budget for like movies and actors and stuff than Hollywood does. Yeah, like, it's also like you just do it all on location in Pinewood Studios. We have here several hundred actresses um, attended auditions to be cast as the film's heroine, Alexa Woods, loosely based on the comic and novel protagonist uh, Machiko Noguchi. And that's the thing as well. Like, I feel sorry for those actresses because you know when they see the casting call for like the next Alien movie, think I could be the next Sigourney Weaver. Exactly. And instead, but Sigourney were... Weaver's still the next Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. <laughs> like she's still the one they keep bringing yeah. her back. Oh. 
Like, she's oh, a badass that... character, but it's just like, it's the same with Arnie and Terminator, isn't it? Like, you've got to let him go at some point. They never will. Here we go, though. Um, uh, Sana Lathan was selected in one week lecture through to Prague to begin filming. The filmmakers knew there would be comparisons to alien heroine Ellen Ripley and did not want a clone of the character, but wanted to make her similar while adding something different. That is, like, the most nothing sentence I've ever fucking heard. We wanted to be, like, invoke Ellen Ripley, but also be different. How? No, we, we want her to be different. How are you doing that? Well, you know, we want her to be different. Didn't it's... he make, like, um... Was it, like, Ash Ripley? Like the, was it Alien Isolation or something? That yeah, right. her daughter that's mentioned in um, Aliens. And it's just like, oh, we wanted to have Ellen Ripley but not have Ellen Ripley, so we made El- El- Ellen Ripley's daughter instead and she's just Ellen Ripley. And then as well, we so, give okay. Ellen Ripley a cameo. But you know, speaking of <laughs> Ellen Ripley and other characters from the Alien and Predator franchises, Anderson reported in an interview that California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger was willing to reprise his role as Major Alan Dutch Schaefer from Predator in a short cameo if he lost the recall election. On the condition that the filming should take place at his residence. However, he won the election <laughs> and was unable to participate. I absolutely love how baller it is. Of like, uh, if I end up unemployed, yeah, I'll be in your movie, but you've got to come film at my house. Yeah, because he's Arnold like, fucking Schwarzenegger. That's such a fucking baller move. And I've got an article for Fact Fiend about the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger has been trying to come back as Dutch for about two decades. And mm. every single time he has a pretty simple request of either don't do my character dirty and have them killed in the cameo or let me play a major role in the plot. And every time directors are like, no, we we think we can make it without you. And then they go make a bad film that doesn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger's star power. It's like, fuck's sake. But anyway, uh, speaking of, for fuck's sake, actress Sigourney Weaver, who starred as Ellen Ripley in the Alien series, for those who don't know, um, said she was happy not to be in the film as a possible crossover was the reason, and I quote, I wanted my character to die. (laughs) (laughs) And when she was asked about the concept, she simply responded that, and I quote again, it sounded awful. Oh, this is where I have to use my own knowledge here. Of, like, she was asked at like a, a convention or something. I nearly spilled my coffee then. A convention or something like, oh, so what do you think of the Alien versus Predator movies? I've never seen them. It's like, really? She goes, yeah, they're shit. And like the entire crowd, she, keep in mind it's a crowd of Aliens and Predator fans cheering for her to say this. <laughs> and she just says, yeah, I got the script and it said the Alien losers. And I was like, fuck that. Because <laughs> like, she's like, the Alien's my boy. Yeah. I'm not going to watch a movie where the alien dies. Like, the alien's my boy. I'm always Unless on the alien Unless it's side. her killing the alien, it's not okay. Yeah, I, she's ride or die for that fucking alien. <laughs> and then, like, I think that's the only thing we really need to discuss there, but there's just a couple of little, like, details I want to mention here. Mm. Like, and, and one is, you know, there was a sequel. There's a related film, like, you know, The Predator, and then Predator... Uh, sorry, The Predator. Yeah, because there was, there was three sequels. There was The Predator, there was Predators, and then there's Prey. So I completely oh, forgot okay. that they made um, The Predator, which is the one where the Predators come to Earth, and I shit you not, they want to capture a kid who has autism to weaponize his autism. Like, that's a real plot point. As, as a kid with, like, there's an autistic kid, and they want to take the kid and, like, melt his brain down to get his autistic powers. Because it's you know, that awful Hollywood trope of autistic people who've got superpowers. Now, I think Luke's face has said it all. That's a real... So maybe one day we'll cover that, and then we have... You know. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, yeah. my mind is blown by how fucking disgusting that is. There is as well. That was released later. 
as well. That was really like I think it was like 2019. That was. And then we have Pinball. Zen Studios developed a virtual pinball machine based on the premise, although not the plot of the film, which was released in 2016 as an add-on pack for Zen Pinball. Instead of providing condensed version of the events of the film, the Alien vs. Predator Pinball Tale, which is an original storyline that focuses on a predator's journey to become an alien hunter. While the table's score displays clips from the film itself. I mean... And there's the thing as well. Woods and DeRosa, two of the people from the film, are observing a comment on the Predator's action with newly recorded voice. Like, they brought the yeah. actors back! The Alien vs. Like, Predator I pinball don't know game! I ever downloaded Ten that years later, pinball game. Ten years like, later, they brought them back! I downloaded that Zen pinball game because it told me, like, oh, it's free. And then you click on it, it's like, now you need to buy the boards. Yep. And I was like, right, okay. But I, I checked how many boards there were, and it's like... I'm not surprised there's like that much detail, but it, there was so many. Yeah, there's like and a they, Doom one. Like, That's they, like there was the plot so, of the first like game. Every fucking IP you could think of, there was a Zen pinball board for it. Yeah, because it must be really easy to make. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things of like, we'll give you a cut of all the sales. All we need is the assets from the thing. Like I said here, they made it ten years after the fact. So I'm guessing at that point, Fox would be willing to let it go for a, you know, a relatively lower price than it probably would have cost when they were thinking it was hot shit. They probably they they bided their time and waited for like okay no one really like the, the last two Predator movies have sucks ass let's go ask if we can buy the rights to it for a pinball game well yeah that's Alien versus Predator I just love that line of so it sounds awful and then Arnold Schwarzenegger's like yeah I'll be in it I love being in crap movies he does to be fair he fucking loves it he don't care does he? as long as he gets to like no. shoot a big gun and have fun he don't care yeah oh well, that's 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 my wiki entry with Lucas. Uh, what have you brought to the uh, the pinball table? That is, oh, can, well, can you imagine a fact fiend pinball table? And it's just a green screen. And you can't see the ball. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. So uh, I mentioned earlier about like kind of alluding to something that I was going to talk about, and that was okay. like you know something about the concept of a face hugger. Okay, and I'm going to send you the link because like you know there's some fun pictures for us to look at. Okay, so you want me to look through the link? Got it. So, what we're looking at today is just, like, on Bulbapedia, the list of unused Pokemon designs. Oh, yeah, because there's, like, there's a whole shit ton, isn't there? I think it's, like, the, is that, like, that Twitter page, and, like, Dr. Lava's Lost Pokemon or something like that? Uh, I can't be sure about that, because I've not seen that before, but there was, like, um, a few years back, there was a book from Satoshi Tajiri, the man who created Pokemon, and mm-hmm. they, like, released, like, a manga of it where he um, had, like, a page of a bunch of, like, the unused Pokemon designs and stuff that had, like, never really been seen before. Mm-hmm. And um, I, annoyingly as well, like, they've purposefully, like, left a bit of, like, paper over parts of it when it's they like scanned that. it and, like, made it all smudgy and stuff. So it's, like, it's not great, but, like, some of them are really clear to see. <laughs> I've and just seen also the first... Just, the seen... first few are just, like... Actual just capsule monster like, like literal little... stick fucking figures. <laughs> just little stick figure drawings like, like. It's just like, a, like the first one is a doodle of like a cat with no legs. It's like that's not a Pokemon. <laughs> that's like a story on like the dodo. Of like, oh. oh, this cat lost all its legs, but it's still got all of its spirit and heart. And it's just like <laughs> this like creature that looks like it's just in endless agony, dragging itself across the floor. This owner's like, you know, like I'm just making sure it's living its best life and it's just yeah. That looks awful. It, it the the first few I, I I'll obviously like um leave the dis, like the link in the description so people mm-hmm. can check out the wiki article themselves. 
and just like seeing the first few where it's just like the paper drawings of like just the basic concept art of like here's what a, a pokemon might be and it's just like a mouth with a little body and six legs just coming out of it like a little ant yeah so should we skip straight past those couple and get to the ones where there's actually like you know some design notes um yes so we will i, I like the first one where it's like the first battle screen where it's um godzillante and gorilla remote <laughs> i wonder where he got that idea from Godzillante and Gorillamo, and it's a fucking gorilla wearing a baseball cap. It's just a gorilla wearing a baseball cap, and like a you know basic looking Godzilla design, breathing fire. It's like never heard of Godzilla fighting a big monkey. That's a unique idea, isn't it? Do you know one of the things I love about Bulbapedia as well is when they say, as its name implies, it may have been inspired by Godzilla, and that's because <laughs> like um, have you ever seen that breakdown of the fact that Bulbapedia adheres to academic, um. Uh, restrictions when it comes to um, saying oh, whether okay. or not something is accurate or not. Mm-hmm. Like the same way, like, Joe, if you're writing, like, an academic paper. It's, like, a hell to, like, actual academic standards. Unless you can find a direct quote from someone confirming that it's based on, say, like, Godzilla, you can't say that it is for definite. You have to imp- you have to say it may imply. Mm-hmm. Because you can't... Because, like, you don't have an authoritative Tajiri source. Until literally says, like, this was Godzilla-based, you can't say that it was Godzilla-based. Yeah. And Even though it's that. literally Godzilla, Godzilla written in the name. Yep, it's Godzilla with like NTA at the end. And, and this is idea. why, like, you know, we like Bulbapedia over in uh, Wiki Weekends because, you know, they they adhere to good standards. They're written very well. Academic standards. That's the yes. one. And um, they have good amount of detail, but not like a superfluous amount of detail either. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the name of the next one, though. Can we just go, like, should we just go through like, one at a time? Yeah, sure, yeah. So you did well, Godzilla, Ante, and Gorilla Mode. I'm going to go for Dragon 4. <laughs> Which, that, that's like the name you give to a fight. Don't we're editing these videos later down the line mm-hmm. and you call it like uh, Wiki Weekend's one Saturday the 4th final question yeah. mark. That's like Dragon 4. <laughs> Just Dragon 4. And it knows a move called Fire Breath. <laughs> it has short oh, arms and a long tail. It bears some resemblance to an early version of Scyther as well as Charizard. We've never had like a dragon. It We've never had definitely a dragon, looks closer to Charizard. Charizard than anything else. Yeah, yeah. But like, but like that thing of. Um, uh, We've never really had bug dragon, have we? There's like a bunch of types in Pokemon we've never really had. Well, that is a wiki I want to cover at some point. Unused when, Pokemon um, types. After Pokemon Scarlet and Violet come out, there's another one that I was thinking of doing. And I was like, oh, well, we could do that, but there's an entire like. You know, game coming out in a month that or in a couple of weeks. That's going to probably um, get rid of a few of those. <laughs> oh, Luke, you got to do the next one. Um, <laughs> the next one is called Cabine. Um, just not head. much is known about this creature. It's just it a looks head. A, it looks a lot like Jigglypuff, but with a more realistic face drawn on it. That's the thing. It looks like you know you drew someone's head and then put arms. And I was like, it, I don't, it looks like a mascot for a product I wouldn't buy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's weird as well. Um, so it says, Cabine is similar to Cabagon. Snorlax is Japanese name. It also has similarly sleepy eyes and somewhat resembles, resemplifies a simplified caricature of Koji Nishino. Um, its appearance and name is also similar to a video game character, Kirby. Um, which is awful. Nishino's nickname and Snorlax's Japanese namesake. So I didn't realise... Kirby yeah. is meant to be Japanese namesake for Snorlax. 
I have no idea, but I'm guessing she's round. But I do know something I love about Snorlax, though. It's German name. Relaxo. <laughs> it's like, that is a fucking name. It's, like, it's the Pokemon that can't stand up. What's it called? Relaxo. It's like, hell yeah. Oh, my Pokemon I really, designs. I really like the next one because, surprisingly, this is one of the Pokemon that we know existed in the beta version, but mm-hmm. we never got an actual artist rendition of other than, like, you know, fan designs. And yeah. That is Gorochu, which would have been Raichu's evolution, and that would have been, like, the third stage of Pikachu. And now it doesn't have that because it has Pichu, which is the baby mm. version. So yes. just want to explain like why that would make a difference. Like why can't Pikachu? Why can't Raichu evolve again? So apart from for the sake of Mega Evolutions, mm-hmm. there are like no Pokemon so far within the entire like thousand Pokemon that exist that have more than three different stages of evolution. Mm-hmm. Some of them have split evolutions. You know, like for example, Eevee's obviously the most popular version of that but you get like a gloom that can evolve into a vile plume or a blossom but um it, that's but te- that, still considered that, three stages yeah there's always like a, there's always, at most three stages to its evolutionary tree uh, every pokemon can only fully evolve twice mm-hmm. um just... rather than mega evolve you know that's why i say fully evolve like distinction there um but I yeah i think that's a, a weakness of pokemon as well because um for that i think it was like generation two and three there was um, a definite focus on baby pokemon like pokemon like you know the baby versions of pokemon like mm-hmm. you had um, munchlax for snorlax pichu for pikachu like azumarill for marl was uh, it a little baby azuril azuril yeah for um, yeah. Uh, marl and the problem is while those pokemon are cute from a functional and gameplay standpoint they are fucking useless but you're thinking of it as a game player whereas pokemon company and game freak are probably designing those pokemon with anime and merchandise in mind. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, Pichu, like, fucking phenomenal for merchandising, but mm-hmm. completely useless in the game. Like, completely it has useless, no niche like, whatsoever. I understand when it comes to, like, designing a Pichu, or an Igglybuff, or an Azuril. Yeah. Who who signed off on Sunkern? <laughs> like, oh, I wonder who signed off on on the fish. <laughs> oh, speaking of, like, you know, super... Completely just like boring ass po the next one we have is called Deer. Just Deer. D E E R uh an unused generation one Pokemon design, and it is just a Deer drawn poorly. It's a bad looking Deer, but my favourite part is <laughs> it appears like- to be based on a Deer. It's called Deer! <laughs> and it has horns and it's got four legs. It appears um, to be. What do you mean it, it appears, appears to be? It appears to be based on a deer, Cole, because there's no confirmation that deer, it was based on a deer. <laughs> Fucking hell. But, like, I get it. Um, it's great, because you'll you'll get people out there, yeah, but these are like scrapped ideas. There's no way they put deer into the game. Well, I'm looking at seal. <laughs> seal is a Gen 1 Pokemon. Okay, it's just a seal called seal. Oh, Some looks... of this slipped through the cracks, people. What's coming up next, Lucas? I like the look at this one. This one I like man. the look of this one. Crocky. Um, it's an unused Generation 1 Pokemon design revealed in the um, the manga Satoshi Tajiri, the Mana Creator Pokemon. Mm-hmm. It was also shown on a page discussing a poll in which the staff of the game would vote for their paved Pokemon before including some of them in the final games. It appears to be based on a crocodile with large eyes and what appears to be long hair and that's the thing with these um early pokemon designs is like i think that that's what it is is like a crocodile with huge eyes and like super saiyan 3 hair yeah. 
but they're so badly like drawn and detailed. It's really hard to tell. Yeah, you really should have got like, is it is it Sugimoto who did all like the art? Sugimori. Sugimori. Yeah, they really should have got him in to do some of these for the manga. Like, why did they just use his shit drawings rather than like the amazing, like, the phenomenal pixel art? Yeah. Instead of getting like the Sugimori, like, the guy who's done like every good <laughs> bit of Pokemon art ever created, it's just like, come on, just come in for an afternoon and just like make these, clean these up a little bit. Because speaking of things, you can't tell what they are. Yeah, we've got the next one's just a blurry ball called Barunda. <laughs> It is literally a circle. It looks like a bowling ball. Yeah. Which, you know, it could be a Pokemon. We've got a fucking haunted teacup. We could get a haunted bowling ball. An unused Generation 1 Pokemon design revealed, as you mentioned, um, I'm Shatoshi Tajiri, the man who created Pokemon. <laughs> it appears to be based on a balloon, and its name is a pun on the word balloon. So it literally just looks like, instead of like getting like, you know, Drifloon or Drifblim. <laughs> We just got a ball with a little seen... like smiley face on it. I've just seen the next one, man. I, I don't want to say it, but I'm starting to think: <laughs> Is Satoshi Tajiri a fucking hack <laughs> who got lucky? Because what, Lucas? What's the name of this next Pokemon? <laughs> Cactus. And what's it supposedly inspired by? Oh, uh, um, it doesn't. Even... Oh no, yeah. Oh no, this one does say inspired by cacti. What do you mean inspired by? It's called cactus, and it's a picture of a cactus. And you it's can't cry. Like, I was inspired by a cactus. Its cry is still left in the game unused. Apparently, it's one of those. So this must have been like in the game for a long time, and like programmed in with a cry and stuff, and then yeah, mm-hmm. it got left left partially in the game. But yeah, I like the it's idea. Kind of sad, that, like, isn't it? Absolute peak Gen One design cactus. And seeing as that, that's, that's kind of sad that there's a Pokemon that no longer exists and all that's left. It's like, do you when animals go extinct and they don't leave anything? Or when we find, like, a, a, the, a break from an animal, like, this is an animal that probably existed. We've never categorized it before. We don't know what it looked like. That's like, like the Pokemon equivalent, that, isn't it? But, like, Cactus died so that Maractus could live, Carl. That's, but what I mean is, like, in the universe of the game, like, the cry exists. It mm-hmm. can be found. But the Pokemon doesn't. Yeah. Is it? Uh, you know, they have fossil Pokemon in the game. Pokemon that have been long extinct that we managed to revive. And in every new game, they find more. Is Cactus a long deceased dead Pokemon that we've just not found yet? Uh, if you hear the cries of Cactus, but you can't find one, does it exist? That means it's rarer than Mew. Because that means that you can hear the cry <laughs> in the game, but you can't find it. It's just constantly crying out for help. Like, I've been removed from the game. Come oh, this, next, this next one looks fucking cool. Jagu unused pokemon it's like a cool shark like a knife on its head so yeah again i definitely think this became sharpedo at some point Mm -hmm. because this is like yeah this is like a sharpedo looking thing but it's got like a giant arrow knife on the front of its nose that's the thing about a lot of pokemon are just animal with other trait added to them Mm -hmm. like charmeleon and charizard so it's lizard plus fire yeah bulbasaur frog plus a bulb squirtle Mm -hmm. Like turtle plus water, squirrel plus water. Uh, actually, um, I'll double check this while you dis- explain Jagu. I'm pretty sure there's a different origin to Squirtle. Yeah, because I, I think every time we say squirrel turtle, which makes perfect sense, I'm like, no, it's not that. It's based on something else. But there's not much Sorry. to say about Jagu besides it's a cool looking shark. And it's, it's got a big pointed head. And it's, like, the thing is, it's just a hammerhead shark instead of a hammer, it's got a knife. And that sounds like a way scarier version. I contend that the best named thing on planet Earth is the hammerhead shark because you look at it and go, that's a shark with a hammer for a head. The mm. hammerhead shark. But there's no other name you could give that animal. It's like when it's you look like, at like a rattlesnake. It's like, what is it? It's a snake with a rattle? Rattlesnake. 
Yeah, and that's, I think, like, the strength and weakness sometimes of Pokemon designs. So it's like, I understand where people are like, oh yeah, but like they've strayed away from like, you know, keeping it animal based and stuff in a lot of the, the newer so games. But it also just like, it also leads to a lot of creativity at the same time. And I'm like, I don't really see a problem with Klefki when we've got Seal yeah. in the game. Like, um, oh man. But we start to get to the ones as well that were in the Sugimori art style and they look good. Yes, like, they're yeah. the ones that you want. They're fucking, like, some of these look awesome. But before that, what about Unknown? <laughs> we'll see. How are we supposed to know? It's called Unknown, and I can barely make out what it is. Because these are one of the ones where I was like, is there any better picture of this? And, like, found scans of the manga, and it's literally got, like, a piece of paper over the rest of the image. So it's cut off purposefully so you can't see it all. Right, here's it the looks thing, like it? an angry boxing elephant or something. So I get that the guy is super famous and at that level of fame and success, like when you're the guy who made Pokemon, literally mm. everything you create has value to somebody, like even the doodles on your side of the page. But some of these just feel like shit that he doodled in his spare time and now people are like, oh, is it a Pokemon? It's like, probably, but there's probably like 8 million yeah. unused Pokemon ideas in this guy's head. Not everything mm. he did is like worthwhile cataloging, but they did. But I, I would argue like, you know, a few of the next ones are pretty cool looking. That's when we get to the ones like the Sugimori ones, like in his watercolor style. They look fucking mm-hmm. rats. We were like before that, we got like Gion, unused generation. It looks a little bit to me like Kangaskhan. It's almost like Rhydon and Kangaskhan will like morph together. Yeah, it says it looks mm-hmm. like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, but not much else is known about his Pokemon. But then after that, we get to the cool looking. These look so cool. This one is Kurusu. Um, the only information um, known about this creature and its name. And is fan art drawn from memory based on its appearance of gold and silver demo that was playable at Space World 1997. This adorable. looks like it was fan art drawn from memory from oh, somebody a... who like played the the Space World demo back in 1997. That's like a lot of steps removed from the original, isn't it? It is, yeah. And but... it's um it's some fans believe it may have inspired Sfield's design. I'm not really getting that there, but it looks adorable. It does look I'd adorable. Want that pl- I'd want that plush. Yeah. And like I kind of like the next one as well, which looks a bit like a fire Raichu. Yeah, like and it says it's here, it's called um Honoguma. The only information known by it's like again fan art drawn from memory, and it says mm-hmm. it looks similar to a bear, because its name um uh, comes from Hono, meaning flame, and Kuma meaning bear. It was a fire type starter. Oh man, I've got a cool fire flame bear. Because that'd be well, so cuddly. Imagine yeah, how warm and cuddly that'd be. How so... fucking cuddly would a warm bear be? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the thing, isn't it? Of like, It's weird that we've got these from the gold and silver beater. Mm-hmm. And it's like a water sphere and a fire bear. But like we ended up with a water crocodile and a fire, like, don't even know what Cyndaquil is. Like almost a hedgehog kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a flame hedgehog, isn't it? But very far, far away from like the initial ideas of like it does look cool though a seal and a bear. Like, they're both. Very, I, I really like that. They look yeah. really merchandisable. I like this one next. <laughs> What's his name, Lucas? <laughs> the name of the next one. I can't. I can't see because my fucking page is getting covered by goddamn adverts. Oh, the next one's got... called Unnamed Creature. <laughs> and it, the thing is, that's how I describe because it's like it's got like six feet. He's yeah. got like six legs. He's like a spin top, but like the top part is like legs and a screaming face. 
So for anyone not watching, it's almost like they took the design of Igglybuff and combined it with Hitmontop, where it's like, Igglybuff, but it's a spinning top. And like, the six little legs on the spinning top make like a little, it's like a little Beyblade Igglybuff. Yeah, it looks like it'd do a lot of damage. It's like double I, kick I is want scary. that as a Beyblade yeah, and just like... use that in battle. That's the thing, I'm scared of like double kick, but I'm especially scared of double kick when someone's got six feet. Well, you Cause... know that thing you'd learn triple axel. Oh no. It'd learn like six kick. You're like, what? <laughs> puh, 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 puh. Double triple axel. It's like, no! Just two of them combined. Just roll down the road. It's terrifying. I like the next one, Unnamed Turtle. It was an original design for bi monthly game review magazine, um, unrelated to the Pokemon franchise. So, how is it on here then? How is it in the list of un- like. I guess maybe like he drew it and it got there, but it's like it's yeah. created for a magazine that has nothing to do with Pokemon, and they're calling it, like unnamed turtle. It's very very strange. I think that's the case with both of them, but I think like from the looks of it, maybe because it says these are both from the Gold and Silver beta, so maybe this is like by monthly game review got someone to draw these again. Maybe like, yeah. they got an artist from the magazine to draw these designs based on what they saw in the demo. Yeah, the turtle, it says it looks like Tortuga, which it does look a lot like that Pokemon when I'm seeing them side by side. Yes. They mm-hmm. look very similar. Well, then I like this next one, because there's some controversy here with this next one. <laughs> the next one is called Unnamed Sheep. And Carl, I know that there's a sheep Pokemon. Do yeah, you? yeah. Where is it? Oh, here it is. It's, my, it's one of my favourite Pokemon. Marie, from the actual Marie. Poke- from the Pokemon store in Japan. Um, uh, from my girlfriend, and Mareep's one of my favourite Pokemon, I contend it's one of the smartest ones. It's called Mareep, it's an electric sheep, and its name Mareep is a uh, anagram of Ampere, a unit of electrical currency. But then also, it's called Mareep, Mary had a little lamb, so it's based on that as well. Not to mention it being an electric lamb is based on the, uh, like, no, do androids dream of electric sheep? Uh, the Asimov story. So it's like eight different references in this one little, this little tiny sheep here has like eight different references all buried in there. So that's why I think that name is like, so clever. Localization were working their ass off on that one. And I, I appreciate it. It's like you told me the thing about, is it Animal Crossing? Where they have puns for everything you can collect and catalogue in that game. But the so puns... all of the, the fish and the um, insects that you can catch, they all have puns on them. They have to make sure that every different language that it's localised on has a punny joke for every single thing you can catch in the game, yeah. So like the localization team like basically went through and made jokes based because like obviously it's not have the same name in every language so and it reminds me of they did that and then what did jk rowling do for i am tom riddle she like have you seen the french version no. well like, um, it's tom marvelo riddle so he can do i am tom riddle for the french version and his middle name is elvis because it's the only way to make the um uh, that right. work so he's called tom elvis riddle because like in french like i don't know what it'd be like i am tom riddle what that'd be in french Took it in class. Uh, je suis. Something like that, yeah. So to make that work, that's put Voldemort, Elvis in there. Yeah. <laughs> je suis <laughs> Voldemort. <sighs> it's just that thing of like, yeah, that's the level of effort they went to. And then for Animal Crossing and Pokemon, it's like we're going to get six fucking different references for this sheep. <laughs> this sheep. Um, Do you know my favourite bit about this as well? It's, like, it's hair's not properly put on, so you can put your finger underneath it. So it's not like <laughs> a little hat. Because it's not all connected. So, it doesn't seem like, you know, what this actual sheep is. It just shows a 
a picture of Mareep because mm-hmm. they know like Mareep was an eventually a sheep Pokemon. Um, it says nothing is known about this Pokemon, nor is there any artwork known to exist. Masuda and Sugimori revealed in an interview with Gamer Magazine mm-hmm. there was a rejected design based on the first clone sheep Dolly. They removed it after deeming it too controversial for Pokemon. Hmm. Since Dolly was born almost eight months after the Japanese release of Pokemon Red and Green, it is likely that this Pokemon would have been intended for Gen 2. Some fans believe instead of being abandoned entirely, it was then reworked into Marie or Flaffy. Flaffy, yeah. Flaffy. Yeah. I always get thrown off because it's double A, double F. But uh, it's got to be Flaffy because Fluffy. It's like Flaffy, like Flaffy. Yeah. Yeah. I still say I still say Flaffy because it's Fluffy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's um, I don't know how it'd be, I guess just like the idea of cloning. Even though Mew exists in that game and Mewtwo. And Mewtwo yeah, it's, is it's, a clone it's... of Mew. I don't know if the like thinking back to ninety eight, was there a lot of controversy around cloning But it's a plot point then... in the game that Mewtwo is a clone of Mew. Yeah, but if it's based upon real life, then automatically like you get a lot of people being more up in arms about it rather than it being like a, Maybe. a sci-fi trope. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, frustratingly like opaque in regards to like why it was controversial. Just to say it was without mm. expanding upon that is kind of uh, frustrating from like you know the the researcher part of me who wants to know why why was this yeah. sheep like why was this so controversial? Look at it, <laughs> look at it. How can that be controversial? It's like, yeah. but I mean, I guess you should be glad because you got your favorite. Pokemon I did get Marie Power. Yeah, that's good. No, I thought there was an unnamed rabbit one. It was scrapped. Unnamed to rabbit make... and Mega Flygon. Oh yeah, Mega Flygon doesn't exist. No. Yeah. It says uh, they were unable to complete a design, so it was dropped. It that was revealed sucks. in an interview conducted by the magazine Nintendo Dream that they just had the idea for Mega Flygon and dropped it. But mm-hmm. Mega Flygon has like such a good potential. It's one of the most fan requested. Like, you know, Pokemon that never got a Mega Revolution. Yeah. It's not that it'd matter anyway, because Megas got dropped a generation later, because it can't can't sell it as a new gimmick anymore. (laughs) I'm sorry. Have you seen the next thing? I've gone on to, like, Altered Pokemon, and I scrolled down to the Weedle version, and it's just... It's a fucking... What is that mess? I, I love the one before it. Which is the early Ivysaur design? Oh, it's melted. It looks like a melted plant. Oh, it looks awful. And I guess that's like before. It's one of the things I like about Ivysaur is that you know, the plant grows. So mm-hmm. I think its evolution makes the most sense. If it evolves and the bulb on its back sprouts, but this version seems to be like the plant is taking over the animal underneath, and that's like yeah. we've strange like body horror territory there, where it's like it's no longer a symbiotic relationship. It's like parasitic. Where the like, plant is taking as, over the animal. It looks as if Bulbasaur has been melted slightly. So the plant And like drained away so the plant can grow. But I do love the little weedle. <laughs> it's just, it looks like a fucking peanut wearing a top hat. It's a fucking peanut. And then the next one, Kasanagi, the evolution of uh, Kokana. And it's like, what is this artwork? This artwork so, yeah. looks fucking awful. <laughs> The evolution of Kokana, which was originally going to be the Weedle design, which was replaced by Kakuna, is like this god-awful garbling mess, and then after that becomes like almost like a skeletal ledian. Yeah, it looks like it says here, it's like, it seems looks like a cockroach, so instead of evolving into a bee, for bee drill, it goes into like, you know, a, either a cockroach or a, um, uh, like, you know, a beetle of some kind. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get a yeah, beetle so... Pokemon to, uh, you know, a generation later. 
it it does look a bit like a ledian and also like a cockroach but it's like yeah it's very similar in the sense that it looks like it's got like big beefy boxing glove hands mm-hmm. which probably about they thought well if we've got pincer which is also the fighting bug and it's still kind of got fighting bug that's I mean it's bug, but it does fighting moves. That's one of the gutting things about Pincer from like a typing standpoint of just it's, oh, right. it's worse Heracross. Like it's it is Scyther, a bug that fights, but it's, a, but it's not a bug fighting type. Yeah, and it's oh Scyther's got like flying gra- like flying bugs, so you can get like you know um, a flying stab. What does Pincer get? Not a lot. We've got a few more just early Pokemon designs of Pokemon that do exist of like Spearow, Poliwag. Like okay, which one's your favourite? Of all these, which is like mine's just got to be the spear out, and it's just, <laughs> it's just, just a little dumpy, little dumpy. I don't know. Spear there's something out. about me that like Clefairy looks like an egg with like eye holes Legs. cut out of it. But we all had execute Peak character design right there, isn't it? And all of these are kind of just like yeah, like melted dumpy versions of the of original one. Yeah, like Poliwag the original looks one fifty one. Seal looks like a fucking monster. Yeah, Seal looks like someone like that's one like got caught in an oil spill. Like BP had something to do with that. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, I do also the Poliwag, Poliwhirl, and Poliwrath evolution, where someone points out like in the first gen, like Poliwrath just gets angrier and he goes, "Well, that's a realistic representation of growing up." Yeah, you just get pissed <laughs> off. Uh. <laughs> oh, there's some really great ones. Oh my god! The Which early, one are you looking at? I'm looking at the early Marrow where it's pink and it's like it's like a little mouth. That's awesome. That looks more like the you know Pikachu design that we could have got. Do you remember like back in the day? Oh, Pikachu before Blue. Gen two was all the revealed rumors. and everyone saw Marrow in like a promo video and thought that Pikachu Blue, Pikachu yeah. Blue, which was a good idea, like Water Pikachu. Like it's almost like regional variances before that became a thing, like five gens later. Mm. Which I still I, think they're cowards for not capitalising on. We should have had an entire game where it's all of Generation 1 and all these bad designs that you know, we're making fun of, like Geodude and Diglett. Mm-hmm. Like they should have gone all the way and done like... It's all 150 base Pokemon with a couple of new ones thrown in. Just redesign with new typing to make them more competitive. Because how many fucking normal types and water psychic types do we have in that first gen? Yeah. Just yeah. remix all of their designs and just make them a little bit different. But they did it with like six. Like where was Crystal Onyx? Where was like a star you with like, you know, a different gem in the center which they give it different typing, for example. Mm. I do like um this Pokemon above Meryl's first design though. Oh, uh, uh Hannah Magora. Hannah Magora. It makes me realise how good fucking Bayleaf's design was. Yes. Yeah. Like Bayleaf is so much better than Meganium. Yeah, yeah. She's just a dinosaur. And um, yeah, it's like instead of Chikorita revolving into a bay leaf, it looks like it would have turned into some weird, like Octorok flying plant yeah. thing. We that got looks off ugly as shit. Like, a couple of these are good, but like, that's one that I'm glad they changed it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I don't know where they get that from Chikorita's design at all. But one that I'm like, you know, a little confused by this. If you go down like the Torchic one. Where Torchic, like, the only difference in the early beta is he's just fluffier. He's just it's big. fluffier and got bigger ears. It's got, yeah. well, it's got ears. Yeah. Rather Instead than, like, the, the tuft on the head, yeah. 
And I, I think the early Torchic looks better than regular Torchic. Yeah, because the little fluffy one, because it looks more like a baby bird, right? Because baby birds like really fluffy. They have the downy fur, don't they? Or the downy, the downy feathers. I, I do really like the early giraffe rig before that. Where it's just like, when, yeah, two giraffes stuck together. <laughs> instead of having like the evil side with the little tail that's like <laughs> got the evil smirk, it's just they cut the first half a giraffe rig, pasted it on the back and turned it dark. It's just two giraffes. It's just cat dog but a giraffe. It is cat dog, but a giraffe, yeah. Uh, and then that... they've got like a Raikou Suicune mix, like, yeah. mix over here, and it's like it's almost as if those Pokemon were originally designed as one legendary dog and then yeah. split into two. Maybe it's one of those things, like you know, um, oh, was it Genshi and Hanzo from uh, Overwatch, where mm. there was supposed to be one character who had a bow and the... Like, two sides of the same coin kind of thing. Yeah, and they realised that both ideas for the character were so good, they could split it for the, from a gameplay perspective and create two different characters. Speaking of which, have you scrolled down to the Blaziken Latias <laughs> That would be the most broken OP shit ever. Of, <laughs> <laughs> like, just Blaziken, but it can fly now. Oh, God, like, the Blaziken dragon type. It's like, oh, dear God. Yeah, so what's it go? Speed. We're gonna get speed boost. Protect first turn, then fucking blaze kick. Get wrecked. Like I quite like the design. Like I prefer them being split because yeah. I think Latias's design is much stronger than that. Just more Pokemon. Yeah, I'm always down for the thing that gives me more Pokemon. But yeah, it's weird. It's the like, it's Blaziken, but laid out flat like an airplane and given like some fucking wings on its ass. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty cool, and I, I um I do like that they've ended up coming out with two pretty damn strong Pokemon designs with from that. Yeah, and I love that idea. It's, like, it's the um, uh, the Genshi Hanzo thing of like we can get two designs out of this one character. And mm-hmm. I'm just going for a scroll down now. Like some of the ones might you know the card games and things. Yeah, where they drew they drew them differently on the card games, and some of them look like just I guess it's something they weren't there wasn't a lot of uh, communication, or if there was like you know maybe the communication wasn't a specific like you know just. Things like just different shading, mm-hmm. for example, like on this Blossom one, where it was shaded like a little bit darker. They do actually say, though, that that could have been like a, a racial controversy because they're wearing like, you know, a Polynesian ah, dress. Polynesian dress. And you know what? I so, don't know enough about that to know. Probably a good call. If you yeah. don't know enough about that culture to know whether or not your reference to it is like stereotypical or offensive, maybe just don't put the reference in. like it shows here that Blossom had like very... Um, like almost like a dark blue purple skin, Mr. Popo to like style. Bloom and Vile Plume and Oddish. But yeah, I think good shout to change. I, I argue it just looks better anyway. Yeah, because it's a grass type. So mm-hmm. but I've always loved uh, that idea. It's like we don't know anything about this culture. Should we put a reference to it in? Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, and that's maybe the weird thing, isn't it? Of like the opposite thing with Jinx, because Jinx was like a reference to the like um, the, the traditional like Japanese design of like a lot of. Um, a lot of like stage shows put on in Japan, yeah, like, but like spooky that didn't translate well outside of Japan for obvious fucking reasons. And I think it was a good call for them to change that. I always love that though, as well. Of just, I think like one day they should just double down. Oh, god, no, don't say that, Carl. Because that's the thing, like, do you know that those weirdos online who were like, no, I don't like that they changed it because all the people got upset they, as they get upset about this. So that's the thing, like, at least the people getting upset about it are upset because it's, like, you know, diminishing their their personhood. Like, you know, it's making mm-hmm. fun of, like, something they deeply hold, uh, is held deeply to their sense of self, like, their race or their culture. The guys who are getting annoyed about it getting changed, they're just annoyed because it's a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, what? 
So like, I think they should double down, but those people have got no, to be as Carl, committed to it as they, they should. They are appropriating their culture of Pokemon lovers. <laughs> oh, dear God. And obviously, uh, I hope everyone can tell we're being sorry. We are, we are being, like, like, completely... I do um, like going back up to the card design with Kakuna. Yeah, there's, like, a and bunch it, of neat I, stuff there. Like, um, Kakuna using Kukuna, its little in size. Had little, like, um, pints of, like, stabby things like Beedrill does. Mm-hmm. And I think it translates way better for Kakuna to evolve into, like... Oh, these little pincer-looking things on the outside of its shell become its pincer, like yeah. stingers. Sorry, it's stingers, not pincers. But like, um, yeah, that that just Kakuna got nerfed in Gen Two and just lost its arms. Most well, of the things, obviously, could always Kakuna can use poison stinks. So it made sense that it still had the ability to do that. Very mm-hmm. strange. Then, there's yeah, a few uh, details like that of just from there's Pokemon a few games. Little ones like Ampharos, like um. Only mention it because I know you like Marie, but like of course, yes. it's a bit shorter with um, a bit dumpier. Yeah, less, it didn't have like the red in its design or the white on its belly. But how like... much of that is just they didn't have the ability to render red at the time? Well, no, because um, Gold and Silver were developed as Game Boy Color games. Oh yes, it would have had the ability to like you know render red in there. Wait, no. Or was it Crystal that was added? Crystal might have had color. Either way, color. And then, you, you know, you've got simple things like Tyranitar looked a bit more like Godzilla with more spikes on it and stuff like that. It's also its colour scheme was brown, which yeah, like, you know, brown more, as well. I think makes more sense. It comes from the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a ground or it's a rock type, so brown makes more sense as a colour scheme, but green does stand out more. Similar, uh, not similar, sorry. Uh, interesting thing to go to Gen 5 over here is that Throw and Sork and Tornadus and Thunderous had their designs changed to stop looking so much like one another. So well, I guess that's the thing. Yeah, they they realised you can't keep making Pokemon that look the same, like Plusle and Minon. Well, but like Throw and Sork and Thunderous and Tornadus obviously look nothing like one another. Mm-hmm. But originally, like, Throw and Sork were meant to have... Oh, right, so to yeah, Throw and Sork look like Tornadus. I thought they like Throw and Sork. No, no, Throw and Sork, the couple, were originally looking too similar to... The two pairings of like Thunderous and Tornadus, but like, um, yeah, the Throw and Sork were meant to have horns to make them look like Oni, and then Thunderous and Tornadus were originally going to be red and blue. So it would have been like two red and blue, like flying demons versus two red and blue, like standing Grand. fighting demons. The thing is, that makes me like kind of sad about their design now because I think now I'm picturing the horns on their heads. Throw and sort will look rad as fucking. That's they would have looked way better than with the like stupid the, eyebrows. Yeah, with the big, like the black eyebrows and the down thing, that would like been a stylized demonic face. Mm-hmm. You could have read it as that, and now they got ruined by two of the most annoying Pokemon in the game. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's a good. I like that. That was a fun. I was not expecting that journey, and just to see like early um, uh, Pokemon. I can't get off the fucking Papior, and he's. <laughs> like what? I still can't get over the fact one of them is a circle with eyes, and it's like yeah, peak Pokemon design. <laughs> never improved after Gen One, Carl. It never did. No. Oh dear. Uh, but folks, but this has home, uh, yeah. been a wild ride this week. It has. Yeah, we went from aliens and predators to Pokemon and bad drawings. And um, yeah, I guess let us know in the comments or online which wiki was best this week. Which wiki won this week? You gotta go for Which the alliteration. Wiki this Which wiki won this that week? That was it. I knew I'd got it a bit wrong. And yeah, we'll be back next week with more wikis. Maybe a themed one. We've not done a themed one yet. Should we think? We haven't. Should we go on like a dueling theme for next week? Then, like, we'll pick a specific um, uh, criteria. 
Yes. Do you want to think of one now off the top of your head? Um, I mean, should we just because like a way to allude to like the beginnings of Wiki Weekends? Should we just go go simple for now on the theme and go superheroes? Go for soup. Okay, and uh, what's the theme of the superheroes then? I like... I think keep it as simple as superheroes, or should we do supervillains? I know. Okay, um, let's go for obscure supervillains then. Obscure supervillains. Let's go for an, oh, the most obscure. Let's go with an obscure villain. Do you want to go for DC or do you want to go for Marvel? Either. Okay, so it's like, so next week then we're going to pull in dueling wikis, and we're going to have an obscure superhero or obscure supervillain from either Marvel or DC, or maybe you know further afield. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't have to be Marvel or DC. And we'll cover their wikis, okay? So tune in next week for that one. I'm looking for, there's a couple in my head that I think I can go track down. Okay. Yeah. And I guess we'll have that to get two good. or three in case we accidentally pick the same one. That's true. Yeah. But yeah. Tune in next week. Cheers, everyone. Thank you all.